right. I am so excited to have you here with me today, Shelly. I'm just thrilled to be able to sit down and chat with you. Obviously, you and I have been friends for years, uh, but I definitely wanted the opportunity to share you with some of my other people. So typically the way I like to start is to have you tell everyone a little bit about you. That can be a little personal, a little professional, and just kind of what you want people to know about you. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Yes, you know, I adore you and everything you do in business and for humans. It's been so inspiring to watch. Um, yeah, so a little bit about me. I came to Idaho to go to college about 100 years ago. And um, after that, got into finance, which was an amazing starting grounds for me. I was in lending and in mortgage banking for a while. And then I really got my calling, which is speaking, personal growth, business consulting, that's really my passion. So that's been super fun. It took me a while to kind of build up to that and I get to use everything I did before uh, today with, with the things that I do. It's been not a straight line journey, but, but super fun to be able to use all of that history for what I do today. And then I'm an accidental comedian. A uh, friend of ours, Megan Bryant, got me into that a while ago and I never thought it'd be something I would like keep doing after I did this fun little contest but it it definitely was was hard it expanded me um and is is kind of a part of that repertoire now that sometimes people are like oh yeah you know come do that training because hopefully you're a little bit funny too so we're not <laughs> completely bored you know so that's just kind of a fun thing and I live with my kids in Idaho and my poodles which is very important to understand about me Yes, very important. <laughs> yeah. Hey, tell me a little bit more about how that transpired into comedy. Like, it doesn't just, somebody doesn't just randomly say, hey, I think you'd be good on a comedic stage. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because a lot of people think, um, oh, well, I'm funny in groups, but I can never be funny on a stage. And actually, really, all humans are funny. Uh, especially if they allow it. Um, and you can learn to write comedy. So a lot of doing comedy isn't just you're naturally funny and get up on stage and yap in a microphone. It's learning how to write comedy, which is very strategic. Uh, so that's interesting. But yeah, Megan, one day she was like, oh, you know, after watching you speak, sometimes I'll tell funny stories or make jokes. Yeah. And so she's like, I, I think you would do really great at comedy. And there's this stand-up comedy contest that happens every year, um, usually around springtime in Boise, called uh, Boise's Funniest Person, You Should Do It. And the first thought in my mind was like, no way, I won't tell you what I really thought, but <laughs> I was like, no way, there's no way I would ever want to do that. That sounded like the scariest thing ever because, yeah, I can, I'm a speaker and some people think, well, it should just be so easy, but your only goal in comedy is to go up there and make people laugh. That's it. Like, and if it doesn't work, you have nowhere to go. And so as somebody that I've watched a little comedy, but not much. And I know nothing about it. Uh, I was just like, no way I got in my car and I realized how afraid I was. It was really one of those aha moments of, I haven't been this scared of any any thought of doing something in a long time it takes a lot to scare me and i was terrified and it was definitely an ego thing of just like man what would i do if i got up there and failed like epically you know in front of these people that was terrifying and so in that moment it was like dang it i have to do this 
you know, I, I have to do this. There was something I knew inside this, that intuitive hit that it was like, there's something you need to learn or something you need to experience or somebody you need to meet. There's something there for you. Just do it. So I did. Yeah. Isn't, yeah. isn't that true in so many, so much of our entrepreneurial lives? I know you've been doing, you know, the, the, the entrepreneur thing for a really long time. None of us or neither of us have gotten a uh, paycheck in a really long time. Um, so, it, it, but it, it trans, you know, everything about that fear uh, moves us forward in so many different directions. Uh, I haven't gotten on a stage, definitely, as far as comedy goes, but I certainly have taken advantage of a lot of Megan Bryant's classes because I know that that is an area I'm not comfortable with. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to attack this a little bit at a time, see how right. it goes, because uh, yeah. you need that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And the softer way to go into stand-up is to do <laughs> I highly recommend that. But... I would have known right like there's just things I wish I would have known like um you can get comedy writing handbooks like literally off Amazon and like it shows you how to take just all these different bits about your life which is usually what most comedians use is just true things that happen in their lives lives and they learn how to write it into the cadence of comedy because it does have like a rhythm and kind of a there's like a formula to it if you will and then everybody puts their own tweaks on it. But first you have to start with the basics of it. And there's workbooks like this. And I'm like, geez, if I would have known that, <laughs> I could have been a little bit more versed. Cause I walk in and I felt like everybody had done open mics except for me. And they all had bits the first day. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I made this huge mistake. Um, but I'm glad I did it anyway. Cause it was, it was really hard, but it was so fun and so expanding. And like, if we can just continue to be the student forever I just feel like that's magic no matter what industry you're in or in your personal life you can be a teacher like we're all great at some things we should be teaching what we know but also stay the student because the best teachers are people that stay students and are lifelong learners and are never too proud to expand themselves or even get more current with you know technology or whatever it is they need to do to push forward Right. I absolutely 100% agree. And I just think that laughter is such a huge, huge, huge part of, of the happiness and the fulfillment that we get out of life. So uh, although I have zero desire to ever get on a stand-up stage, ever, ever, so do not get any weird ideas, no. um, I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely think that having that base and the things that I've learned through Megan are really, really powerful. It helps me in all kinds of different conversations. It helps me with these interviews. Like it just yeah. moves things along and makes you a whole lot less uncomfortable with what you may or may not know, you know? Yeah. I think improv is really good. If you just want to learn how to be more adaptable, think on your feet and not, you know, have, not have to filter as much or be as perfect or always be able to take what somebody gives you and, Instead of ever negating what somebody gives you, do that bull. I like to say the both and. Of course, in improv, they always say yes and. But it's like, how do I honor what's going on for the people around me, but still honor myself simultaneously? And I think improv is just the perfect process. Plus, it's fun, right? Whether it's a team you want to do team building with or as an individual, I just want to learn that. You can take all those lessons to, to work in relationships. So improv, highly recommend it for expanding yourself and just learn, learning how to think differently and be more fluid. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Well, we'll get off the improv and focus on your career. You said you moved from like the mortgage lending side of things into being a um, into being a speaker and a, and someone who takes the opportunity to help others grow uh, from a business standpoint. What did that transition look like? It was funny because like I said, mine have not been straight lines, right? There I was, you know, I went from hard money lending to the mortgage space and I did mortgage brokering for five years and that was really fun. And I actually, at that time, I had my own mortgage brokerage in three different cities in Idaho. So I had, you know, like 40 employees and all of the highs and the lows of that, especially when I started that business, I was 26. So I was just so freaking clueless, um, <clears throat> which in a way was good because I was kind of too dumb to know that I couldn't do it. But in a way, there was so much I didn't know about business. And uh, so I wish I would have more mentors then, by the way. That's one of the things I learned the hard way was I kind of accidentally got some mentors that just saw me and I think collected me. But like to be intentional about getting mentors that you really respect that really know their stuff, maybe in spaces you're not as strong or areas you haven't been in before, just to help you avoid the mines and um, you know co cover your butt uh, and just get there quicker than you're going to bumbling on your own. Really powerful. But as I as I did that, as much as I loved it, I started to realize a few years in, this isn't my forever calling. Like this was a chapter in my life, but it's not the whole book. Um, and and at that point, I got into personal growth and did a deep dive, three month long intensive personal growth class, which really changed my lens of everything and every relationship. And so at that point, I started to really get that calling. I just really felt like God was telling me, "You're going to do this work someday." And at that time, I mean, at first, I didn't even know what the work was, you know. But I realized that was a big message I felt like I got. And so you know, started volunteering for lots of personal growth classes to help staff it and. I was on the board of directors and so kind of from the back office out got to learn kind of that business and that um, just that foundation of how do you put on personal growth trainings and workshops and even just do teaching of those kinds of things in a way that's going to work <clears throat> before I ever started doing my own room and all of that. So, you know, then I was this interesting combination of I have all this personal growth. Um, my own discoveries and epiphanies and breakthroughs, which I think that's really important to do your own work, right? A lot of people want to go clean up everybody else's playground, but have you done your own work? Have you put your butt in the seat as the student and gotten raw and vulnerable and, and looked at your stuff? And what if that's working and where's your dial-ups? Where's your shadow side, which we all have, and how to recognize those and process yourself through those? So I, you know, was collecting this business experience, this personal growth experience, and, you know, starting to do that, but it took me a while to build that up. So in the meantime, I did one year in the car business because I still had to make a bigger paycheck than what I was able to make first monetizing that. So it wasn't like I could just go all in because I didn't have this big savings I could go on. So there was a couple of times in my life I was doing kind of like two jobs, if you will, at one time to try to build build one up enough that I could let go of the other one. And then being able to recognize when do I let go right of the old one and go all into the new one that's a rule that's kind of an art in a way too yeah absolutely and I think that that's a big misnomer you know you see some of these entrepreneurs who are you know successful or they're they're making waves in their industry uh and the the misconception is that that just all happened like they just went all in and made it happen and it's just like that's that's not that's not the way this works at all you know I don't think for most people, because again, like whenever you start as an entrepreneur, if you're starting something, 
um, new, you, you know, you're bootstrapping at first, right? It's like you're putting your time, talent, treasure, influence into it, but it's, it takes a while to build it, whether it's build the thing, the service or the product, and also then to start building clients, build, build credibility in that space to build revenue. And it just doesn't happen overnight. So yeah, I was in the car business for a year, which also was intentional because I thought, what's the hardest sales job I can do? I'll go be a car guy, you know, because I worked with 35 men and, and knew nothing about cars. I still don't, but I learned about selling cars and it was very different than selling mortgage loans. And so just learning a totally different perspective and going into a male dominated field like that, even more than mortgage was, because mortgage was fairly male dominated too, but car sales definitely even much more so. So just all of those huge learning experiences then started to build out this, you know, this speaking and consulting and coaching. But to, um, you know, one of the other bridge things I did was I did this online vintage reptile skin handbag business. So I was selling, <laughs> And of course, right? I was selling right. handbags from 40s, 50s, and 60s. And my niche, because um, it really worked, it was on eBay. So it really worked on eBay to kind of have a niche. So they were vintage, true vintage, vintage style, and they were reptile skin. And so I would take, you know, handbags that were in good shape, but I would like polish them up or maybe add some bling to them, of course, um, or some cool handles if the handle was was out of out of shape. But it was crocodile and lizard and snake and and all of that. And it was so fun. And of course, some some animal people are like, what? You were selling real animal skins? It's like, yeah, but these guys died a long time ago. And <laughs> not my they might as well just it's recycling. It's giving them new good homes because they already exist. And actually, it's interesting even there too, where it's so easy to judge, right? Like, and it was only a really blew me up about that. But it was also like if you if you knew how many vinyl handbags were sitting in landfills, you know. And these things don't last very long. So people just keep buying and buying and buying them. We're really not doing our earth a whole lot of favors. But when you have this handbag that's good for 100 years, right, made out of organic material that when it finally goes dust to dust, it really, you know, it really can go back into the earth and not go into a landfill and, and hurt us. Anyway, that whole thing was really interesting, except that you know me, Wendy, so it was all online. And my extroverted heart was dying a little bit like, every day. No, I need people. I need I, people. <laughs> like having kids, and I was kind of home a lot with little kids at that time, so it really worked for me. Really taught me online marketing too. And and I'm not like an online marketing expert, but it just taught me a lot that I needed to know as a, as a self-employed person, because you know you can't just hire all that stuff out, especially not at first. Taught me about online buying and taught me about online selling and shipping and and just writing copy and taking great images and how you could really set yourself apart from so many other people, just like, you know, because I know you take all the classes and do all the things. And when you figure out how to leverage all these tools and platforms and you just are more committed to do the work and figure all that out than somebody else, you're going to make more money. So that was a huge, huge lesson as I was building the, the speaking consulting side. Absolutely. And I, I love what you said, committed to do the work. People do not have any idea if you are not, you know, if you are not willing to get up before the sun rises and quit after the sun sets every single day, it, it, it's going to be tough for you. You have to love this journey that much. It doesn't have anything to do with the end point. Nothing. It has to do with loving what you do every single day. Right. And, you know, there is that quote. 
and this is a, I know you've seen this quote before, and I will say in advance, I don't actually believe this quote, at least it's not true for me, but somebody once said, you know, oh, is it maybe it was Steve Jobs? He said, or somebody said, do what you love and you'll never work another day in your life. And I'm like, nice. that's <laughs> lies, all lies. <laughs> really hard. And I, you know, I'm just not one of those lucky ducky people that's going to go win the lottery and never work again. Like, just, that's just not the way it works for me. And I love to work. I actually love work, which doesn't mean it's always easy. And, and it's definitely not always fun, but I love it. And so I, I, for me, what's true is, yes, find something that you love, that you're passionate about, that, that it, it really does inspire you from the inside out. You're not just like doing it to make a check or doing it because somebody told you that's kind of something you should do. But you really are self driven to do it because then as you do go through the hard things that come you fight the dragons or you got people that you got your haters or whatever you're struggling with today you still have that passion and even if you have a bad day a bad week whatever it is you can still get back up and do it again with passion you kind of dust yourself off and get back up so it does sustain you but for me it doesn't mean it's going to be easy and it's definitely still work but I love the work I think as long as you can love your work the majority of the time and have the bad moments and the, you know the, the the tough times i think that's a collective truth for all oh, of us i absolutely absolutely agree speaking of that drive what are some of the habits or routines that you've put in place that you feel have really made it possible for you to be successful yeah for me you know i kind of have three words that i really lean on um courage commitment and consistency um, so I try to challenge myself to do courageous things, like not stupid things, but like if I know that I know, right? The comedy thing, good example, right? I was scared, just knew deep down inside, I knew there was value for me and I needed to nudge myself and do it and get very uncomfortable, um, learn something new. I don't like doing new things cause I don't like to suck. You know, I really don't like to suck. Um, and nobody wants to be made a fool of, especially on a stage with a microphone in your hand and a spotlight on your face. Totally. Um, but when you know that you know something's going to grow you, make you better, humble you, teach you, train, whatever it is, inspire you, um, be courageous and do the thing and put fear in the back seat. I don't like, I don't like to say live a fearless life because I, I have fear, but sometimes the fear is my friend and it tells me that's stupid, don't do that. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes fear is just my ego or my insecurities, just like we all have. And I can throw in the back seat and go, no, not today, you're not going to drive. So being courageous when I know that I know I'm supposed to do something or not do something, if if you were, you know, if that makes sense. And then being consistent. So it's like, I'm never going to be the best at social media or the best speaker. You know, there's like always somebody better. There's usually somebody worse. But, um, but be consistent. You know, you're like you said, you're not going to get there overnight. It is hard work and getting up every day and doing the thing and doing the thing and doing the thing. Um, and you can you can iterate and dial up and always improve. But like, you've got to be consistent. Like if it's social media, so many people I know struggle getting on there and make, you know, they'll get on there and peruse and play, but they don't get on there for their business, even five or 10 minutes every day and post good content um, the majority of the time, right? Yeah. Uh, consistency is huge and, and just being committed. Like, are you committed to this? It's easy to say, well, I want a Ferrari. Do you really? Because look at look at the way, you know, look at your habits and behaviors and your attitudes. Like none of that's in alignment with what you say that you want. So I think it's great to have those relentless conversations with yourself and say, what do I really want? 
you know, not just the mantra that you've been telling everybody else, because sometimes we have to ask ourselves that questions all over again and go, is it still what I want? Is it really what I want? And if so, what are my actions, my attitudes, my behaviors, even in the dark when nobody else is looking? And is that congruent with what's going to get me to what I say that I want? Because if they're not congruent, either it's not really what you want, <laughs> or you might need to look, right? What needs to change, improve, iterate? What are those habits, actions, behaviors, and attitudes? And which ones of those do you need to work on to get them into alignment with what you say that you want? Yeah. Uh, like with social media, one of the things on a tactical level that I do is I call it social disciplines, right? It's like if you work out every day or if you, you know, you eat, <laughs> you take your vitamins, you journal, whatever it is for you. Um, disciplines. This isn't like you feel like doing it. This is like, this is a part of your business. This is a part of what makes businesses successful, part of what rises you above the noise. You can still be authentic, totally authentic, but you're not going to just be like, jump out of bed every day so you'd be like, I want to post on my Facebook business page today. Like I think sometimes people have this unrealistic idea about, you know, that you need to feel like that in order to post. And sometimes I think it's just an excuse without us realizing it to avoid the stuff that just whatever. We don't want to do it or we don't feel like we're the best or or being lazy. You know, we're just not committed to those disciplines that time, you know, as we do them over time, you will grow you know, you're following your impact, you'll find the people that resonate with your brand or your service and, and you'll, you'll be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you talked, you said there were three, there was courage, courage, uh, consistency and commitment and commitment and commitment. So you know, talk to me about that commitment. Yeah, it's like, are you really all in? That's kind of a little bit what I was saying about what do you say do you want? And then what are you doing, right? So consistency and commitment are similar. But if you notice, it's kind of like in a relationship, right? Let's say I have a marriage and you're 50% in. I mean, it's, you know, it's not, not, the, not the same as being 100%, you know? And if you notice that you're not 100%, it's it doesn't mean that it's not going to work. It's just like, just to process yourself like relentlessly and say, what is up with me? Why am I not 100%? Even if you're 90%, the minute you're flinchy about your product, your service, your brand, what, it, what you're saying, whatever it is, you think your clients don't somehow subconsciously feel that, you're smoking your own dope because they do. When you're flinchy and you're not all in, why should your clients be? You know? So. Absolutely. To ask yourself that question, right? What's in the way? Is it just insecurity? Then let me work on my confidence, right? A lot of times it's insecurity and you're good. Do I need to work on my skill set and update it? I mean, we've all been, you know, going into a, this new time since Corona hit. Um, lots of changes in business and technology and, and some of that's difficult and some of that's good, right? Because it's teaching us new things and challenging us to adapt and be fluid. And I think adaptability is a strength that as an individual a business owner, um, whatever, however you want to look at that, adaptability is one of the things that can make you break you, you know, uh, whether it's you can't control what goes on in the economy, you can't control what goes on with the pandemic, you can't control what goes on in politics other than you can put your vote in. But, you know, what you can control is you and how you move through that and continue to iterate and improve. So looking at why am I not committed to this 100% because I might know in my head what to do and I might even know the skills but if I'm not fulfilling that 
man, get a coach, get a mentor, have accountability buddies or a mastermind or something that helps kind of hold you in um, to that commitment. Because some people are just really good at being self-disciplined and just being all in and they're com competitive and they're achiever, but some people are more relational or, you know, they have a harder time. You and I have talked about this before, doing the things. And so maybe it's not commitment. Maybe it's your strengths. You have to understand the shadow side of your strengths or what are lesser strengths for you. You have to hire some things out or trade out to get some stuff. But if you're committed, you'll do that. If you're not really committed, then you're going to have these big holes in your business or in your relationship or whatever it is that um, it's never going to be what it could be. And so maybe you're not committed because it's really not your thing. And yeah. I know you've probably coached people like that too. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's really important for people to understand that um, that sometimes that non-commitment or that lack of consistency, sometimes you have to take a look at it and be, you know what, I think this needs to change. And that's okay. Just because what yeah. you thought it was in the beginning has now transformed and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel exactly right. Freaking change it. We all, we're not trees, we're not stuck, change, move, grow. Like, let's do something a little bit different um, to see if we can get that mojo back that we had, if that passion is gone or, or we're, we're really struggling to find that consistency. I think sometimes we have to be reminded, and sometimes I have to do this with myself too, that we're at choice. Like, sometimes we subconsciously think we're not at choice. It's like, oh, my family's choosing for me, and, you know, the economy's choosing for me, and the... The politicians are choosing whatever's choosing for me. And yes, there are things out of our control, but we have so many choices every day that we can own. If we just remember, like just wake up and kind of put, put the clouds aside for a minute and realize I am at choice. If I don't love my job and I'm working for somebody else, I can change my job. I'm not saying it's easy, but you yeah. can change it, do the work, be committed, do the research, do, you know, network, whatever it is you need to do. Right. Or, I'm not in a healthy relationship, but I just can't get out. I can't afford it. I can't, you know, we can just, I can't ourselves um, and stop ourselves from doing anything, but you can, you can be brave. You can learn, you can adapt, you can grow, you can break through. You can say yes, you could say no. And we're at, really that's the only empowering thing. The things that are out of our control that we really can't control, that's not empowering to look at what you don't have what you can't do. So our own choices are the most empowering conversation we, could, we can have with ourselves. What can I do today, right? About my business or my relationships or changing my career, whatever it is, you, my health, whatever it is you might be working on, what can I do? What is one step I can do today right now with what I've got that will move me a little bit so that I'm not just stuck in what I can't do? Because that's where people I think ultimately get stuck. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So pushing back on that drive piece, you and I both have it. Um, and I have my my own things that I use as tools or tactics to be able to keep focused and keep pushing forward. What are some of the tools and tactics that you use? Mm -hmm, for sure. Well, you know, part of it is making sure I really am loving what I'm doing. And I'm willing to ask myself that because, you know, we've talked about my, some of my different career path changes, right? I get to use all of that. But I I would realize when I was all up in the grill of something, even owning a mortgage brokerage, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be forever. So, so having relentless conversations with myself um, and just noticing, and then you might come up with, yes, I'm in the perfect spot for me. Great. But if you're not, 
being able to change it because loving what you do and feeling really good that you can bring value to whatever segment of the population you're serving, I think is really important. So that's big for me because that does keep me motivated. If I don't feel like I'm making enough impact or creating enough value, I will really start to question myself and be like, am I doing, you know, either maybe what I'm doing isn't right or maybe how I'm doing it isn't right. And just be willing to have those self-seeking conversations. So that's big. Those daily disciplines. I mean, I'm going to get on there and pretty much 9.9 times out of 10, I will be posting. And, and as I do it, I hopefully, right, keep getting better learning. And I'm going to have days I'm not magical, but then I'm going to have those days I am. And just, you know, time and time again, planting seeds and watering seeds and fertilizing seeds. And then you, you will see results. Not every seed's going to create the plant, right? And sometimes you've got those weeds you've got to take care of, but just really continuing to work at it. Continuing to get mentoring, coaching, counseling, anything that I need in whatever area I'm feeling like I need to work on it, whether it's financial, whether it's my relationships. You know, I've been working on those that my personal life, I've been making some changes in my personal life. Um, uh, and I don't do that without counseling, mentoring, talking to pastors, just all those things, because I want that 360 perspective. I think that's important. We get kind of in the subterfuge of our own life and our own beliefs and our own strengths. And it's great, but it's like, you're one person, right? And sometimes we're not objective or we're so far in it, we don't see some blind spots or either some challenges or opportunities about the way that we're looking at it or things we're not seeing. So having 360 perspective in your life, in your business and in your personal life and finding those tribes or those masters or those teachers, whatever you wanna call them is important. And if you don't have them looking for them and intentionally finding them, if they're not kind of already there, I think that's really huge. And then for me, especially now that I'm 51, um, a few years ago, I had to take my health more seriously. I had to start eating a lot better, being way more committed to working out because I noticed at four o'clock I was exhausted. And I'm like, well, I can't really take, I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur. I can't really take anything off my plate. So the only way for me to make sure my productivity was as high as it could be for as many hours a day as it could be was eating better, drinking a lot more water, um, doing meditation, really trying to manage my stress levels, sleeping better, being more committed to getting more sleep, um, and and exercising so that I could naturally keep my energy high and feel good and look good and you know as much as I can uh, as I go through this process where I'm not 20 and 30 anymore. So that's been really huge for me too because you're not when you do those self care things, you're it's it's not selfish. I mean. It, it is, it's for you, but it also allows you more capacity to give and serve your your family humans, but also your community. So I think it's important. Um, I think it's a responsibility that, that we yeah. can take on care of ourselves, right? So that we can be better for others too. Yeah, absolutely. I think it follows that that whole, you know, idea of, you know, you, you can't put the mask on them first. You have to put it on yourself first so that you have the ability to, to then give back to whether that's your kids or your family or the community or your clients or whatever that is. I think that's so, so important. If you are drained, you are not going to be able to give them your best. There's no right. way. Mm -hmm. Right. Not so. No, know. definitely not sustainable for sure. So what are some of the non-negotiables in your life? Sometimes, you know, people talk about the personal non-negotiables. Some are, are more business oriented. I definitely have both, but what are they for you? 
I think honesty is just really big for me. Um, uh, like I like to be honest with myself. It's not always easy, right? But it's good. I like it when other people are honest. Um, I really like compassionate honesty because sometimes I feel like people either withhold and they're like people pleasery and they don't really want to tell you what they really think. Um, or they just give it to you and just knock you upside the head. Like, you know, like my personality is so extroverted. I think people think, and I, I get why, but they think, oh, she doesn't have any feelings. I'll just give her the hard, cold truth about what about her or her business or whatever. It's like, holy crap, you know, and you feel like your face is peeled off. And for me, I think there's something in, in between. You don't have to hide, you don't have to be fake, and you don't have to not say what you think if if there's a space for it and, and you know you've created an opportunity where you're you've gotten permission from the other person to speak into their life but be compassionate about it be respectful about it i just think we can always be respectful and kind and it doesn't mean we all don't have bad moments because we do where we're snarky or something but but by and large just being intentional about be honest but be compassionately honest having those courageous conversations i love having and they grow me um, and I, I think I can help other people grow too because I think that's something you and I have in common is we're honest. You know, yeah. if I have a coaching client show me their book and be, be like, what do you think about my book cover? I'm going to be like, do you really want to know? You know, because I will give you the truth. But if you just wanted accolades, you know, if you just want affirmation that it's amazing, I can tell you it's amazing. But I, I usually will have dial-ups and sometimes they have a lot of dial-ups where it's like, Who's your target market? Because this book cover doesn't speak to the target market as I understand it, you know, and being willing to stand in the gap with people and be compassionately honest, um, I think is important so that they really can learn and grow. And I want that in return. I want people that are compassionately honest with me because sometimes I've had friends that are like, dude, whatever it is, you've got a blind spot here or you're not really realizing this over here. And I value that a lot. Um, I value friends. I don't know. This is just me. I value friends. I don't know if it's a deal breaker though. I love people that can talk business and personal because I love both. I love business. I love all of that. And, and I also love playing and having fun. And so a lot of my best friends, I think are people where we can kind of switch hit, you know, we can kind of go back and forth and they don't get offended that you're sitting at the karaoke bar, but you're like, well, what do you think of our new, you know, theme for week on this year? And they're like, what? right now <laughs> like, oh, no, so many people get super super annoyed by that and i'm like oh i forget that not all people are like me <laughs> well and for me my work is fun so i'm still having fun right when i when i verbally process and i'm a verbal processor like through some of those things and so yeah it's it's, it's good to know the people you're around other non-negotiables um Boy, a big one for me is, are you serving more than you take? You know, because sometimes you get around people that it's just, sometimes it's a it's a time of their life and maybe they just don't have as much to give because they're struggling. And I don't necessarily mean that, but when you see it just year after year ongoing where it, it, it just, you feel that taking energy the majority of the time. Like it's always what's in it for them or they walk into the room and it's like, well, what do I get out of this? And again, there's a part of that's good. You should be getting value out of your relationships and your networking or, you know, whatever it is you're doing, but also what are you bringing? You know, it's not the only question to say, what am I getting out of this? What's in it for me? And I think our culture beats some of those um, things into us. Well, if it's going to be, it's up to me and take care of yourself. And da, da, da. Again, that's a yes and a both and moment of, 
but are you serving at least 51% more than you take? Because if we all walk out of our house every day and at least try our best to, to leave the planet better than we found it, even if it's the tiniest little bit, um, as, as many days as we can, because there's some days we can't, but any day that we can do that, that's important to me. So I find if, I, if, I, if it feels, and that's just my truth, it's maybe my opinion, if it feels like I'm around either people or businesses or whatever it is where it feels more taker energy, I'm not comfortable with it. Um, and I just like to play with people that, like you, people that give. I mean, people that are like, I'm going to give and I'm going to take care of myself. You have to be strategic and smart as well. But just that's a balance for me that I think is important. And when you give out of a good agenda, not just like give to get, you know, I'm going to give so that people see me giving and then, but really you give, you even give when no one's looking and nobody knew that you did that thing. That comes back to you. You can call it karma. You can call it the law of attraction. You can call it being a good Christian. You can call it whatever you want, but I believe what you sow on the planet, you know, you reap. And so I really try to align with people and, businesses, organizations that I feel like do that. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, I definitely am big on the give, uh, for sure. It's one of my, uh, it's, I, it's definitely my love language, not, not necessarily to, to receive people who give, but to give, I just like that opportunity. Um, it, it, it fills my soul. It's part of why, you know, why I started this show, why, you know, there's so many different things in my life that are all about, uh, the opportunity to give because I 100% believe that the more I am able to give, the more I receive out of those actions. It's not about what I, you know, what program I get or what, you know, prizes. I, it's not about any of that. It's really about seeing what uh, what comes out of that opportunity to give. And I, I just dig it. I dig it. <laughs> like when I think about you, like that reputation precedes you. There's nobody that, that, you know, I've ever talked to that knows you that isn't just like, oh my gosh, Wendy Alexander, so she's real. You know, she is honest and she gives like, you know, and, and I know you've been successful too, but sometimes we have to find that balance in that too, right? Because some people give yeah. so much. And you can kind of put yourself or your family in harm's way. And, and, and I don't, you know, we've all probably been guilty of that as well. So that's not necessarily good either, but I appreciate that. And I do think at the end of the day that that that's the kind of thing that makes, makes our families better, our communities better and our world better. So people that, that see that connected vision that we are connected, we're not in silos and, and what we do somehow impacts all of us. And so people that like to, one of my non-negotiables is people that don't kind of like to, yeah, reciprocate and just cross-pollinate. And if it's just all about them, their brand, whatever, but it's like, well, wait a minute, what about, can't you support somebody else's activity or event or business? You know, um, mm -hmm. that's, that's at least a red flag to me, if not kind of a deal breaker for me. I'm, I don't know if I have a whole lot of deal breakers, but I think, I think those are kind of the energy of them. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely hear you there. And and you can feel that, um, I think, very, very easily, you know, within a very short period of time, you can tell whether that is a, a give to get or whether that's a give to give. Right. Sure. Yeah. 
So what is one piece of advice you would give to someone who is either looking into moving from corporate America into the entrepreneur life or is there and in the trenches and going, why am I doing this? <laughs> mm -hmm. Hard, just one. I mean, I, mentors have just been, if I could only say one, mentors have just been so huge for me. And again, I've had lots of different ones, you know, and, and I picked up some early along and, you know, this is so, so long ago. I don't remember people talking about mentors when I was a, you know, a young woman and a young professional. Um, and there wasn't coaching yet and all, and all of that like there is today. And so I think in college, you might've had a career counselor. Um, I don't even remember talking to them. Uh, so it's a much bigger thing now. And so now I think, you know, getting mentors, no matter what stage you're at, getting mentors, coaches, the, that 360 perspective um, to speak into your life and be able to process through and have them help you think about it differently. And sometimes from those different strength sets, I really believe this with all my heart, you can't get there alone. Mm -hmm. And, and even if you Good. You're, it's going to be so much more painful. It's going to take you a long time. And, and you may very well just burn out and, and never be ultimately as successful as you could be when you engage a tribe or tribes, because most of us, I think, have several of people that, you know, have your back and that you trust and that you somehow they inspire you to be better, to do more, to do different, or they can connect you with somebody you need to know, or they can just say, hey, you really need to take this class or this is some, this is a book that, you know, I highly recommend for, you know, you need to draw boundaries, right? My sister is so great at that boundary stuff. Um, we don't get there alone. And so who's in your network now and who do you need to be in that network to not only get, but to give, you know, what can you give them a return, but mentoring and then be willing to mentor somebody else up to where you are, I think is really, really important again with that, that give and take. If I could give one piece of advice, like that first business I started, oh my Atlanta, if I would have had a few more mentors in some different areas, so many mistakes I wouldn't have made. Um, I wouldn't have been as hard on myself because I would have known there were things just, there are things just in the entrepreneurial journey that are hard. No matter who you are, you don't have to beat yourself up about it. It's just this wider, you know, business acumen of understanding that stuff. And I learned it the hard way. Um, and then collected a few mentors along the way. Had I gotten them sooner, more intentionally, early on in that journey, even before I started my first business, oh my gosh, there's so many things. I still would have done it. I just would have done it a lot differently. I would have yeah. been a lot smoother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Oh, so many things I wish I would have known. Uh, but that's, I think that's part of the journey as well. You know, we, we have to go through those learning experiences, those failures, or else we never become, you know, the, the successful entrepreneurs that we, that we end up being. So it's all part of, all part of the process. Well, it is even like, you know, when you look at, um, like what I do, both the successes, like the, the good things I accomplished, things I'm proud of, and like the moments where I was like, yes. And then the tragic ones are it was like, you know, huge mistake or, um, you know, just the difficult things I went through that were just inevitable. Uh, those those taught me as much or, or way more. And so now I, I get to be able to relate with people, even though our stories are different. I know what loss is or I know what screwing something up is or, you know, at one point I filed bankruptcy. Like I, I understand what loss, change um, iterating, um, bootstrapping. I understand what those things are. 
and and I can relate not because my story is exactly the same, but because I know those those feelings. And I know what it's like to be the owner of a company. I know what it's like to be the base level position of the company. I know what it's like to be the manager of the company. Um, yeah. I work corporate America and as an entrepreneur. So what's fun about that is as I go into businesses, doesn't matter what it is, big, small, you know, for-profit, non-profit, I, I have enough, you know, from that wheelhouse to be able to pull from to provide value, which is yeah. kind of the and so um, super fun to your point, it, literally, if God came to me today and said, you have to live all of this over again from your 20s on, is there anything you would delete from your life? Even though there was some really hard moments for sure, I, I swear to you, I would not delete them. I would not. I use what I learned and who and who I have expanded to become because of those things every day every day and if, if you took them away i would just have to learn them again god help me you know right yeah i think that's the thing you know people are all, all the time are like i wish that wouldn't have happened to me and i'm like oh no 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 don't wish for that because i promise you he will give you that lesson again if you haven't learned it so let's just accept that we've learned it and let's move on <laughs> i like to say you know in this context it's like don't end up at the belly of the whale you'll just you know like you know, You'll be stuck there. Just go to Ninva and like, you know, get it over. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So where can people find you? You know, the best way is probably my email. Uh, you know, give me 24 to 48 hours, depending on what gigs I have going on to respond. But it's it's Shelly, S-H-E-L-I at ShellyG.com. Some people think it's Sheila, but it's not. It's Shelly, one L, one I. <laughs> ShellyG.com. And I'm on I'm on social media and, and and all of that as well. But that's probably the easiest place if you have a question or, you know, I can help in some way. That's awesome. And my last question, I know the answer in so many ways, but you tell me, how do you give back? Mm. You know, I heard a great sermon years ago that sounds so simple and he was like, follow the nudge, you know, follow that nudge, whatever you're being nudged to do, because some of us, we want to help so many people. I think most of us do. I think if you're healthy, you want to help tons of people and it almost can be overwhelming. I don't have enough enough time. I don't have enough treasure talent, but it's like taking what you have right where you are and giving to whom you can, who's right in front of you. So, you know, giving back, like I love, you know, women ignite's been a fun, fun thing and you've been very a part of that for for many years where we have our professional development personal growth conference and that hasn't lord knows that hasn't been a money maker for me but it has been a pay it forward where we have seen a lot of impact and businesses change and lives change friendships formed um collaborative business partnerships formed and so i love that so that has been you know a goal of that has been to make it into a more profitable business but it's also been really cool that it's like what if it's ever just was supposed to be meant to be a give back. And if that's the case, it's been worth it a hundred times over. And and I just love doing that. I also love there's other nonprofits like Because International or the Boise Rescue Mission, um, the Women's and Children's Alliance. There's things that whether it's giving money when I can or, or volunteering or taking clothes to dress for success, which I've done before, or encouraging other people to do it. Like sometimes you see people sharing that they've given to a GoFundMe or um, they put a fundraiser on their social media and don't always assume they're trying to brag or be weird about it because really that does kind of prompt people, remind people, oh, I could give 20 bucks to that. Oh, I could just click that right now and do something in this moment. 
and I could make a little bit of a difference. And when we all do that every day, it adds up as the power of the collective and it matters. And so for me, you know, I do, I try not to like overshare what I'm giving, but I, but I like to try to share with anybody that might be watching to think, oh, I could step up and do that too. Cause I think we can talk about how to live and how to be and what we believe in, but as we model it out, we just model it out in real life as a real human every day walking around, um, that speaks more loudly than what we say. You know, what, what are you really giving? Who are you really helping? And if you come to those moments where you're like, whoa, I'm not really helping anybody right now. Maybe, maybe you don't have the ability to because you're struggling. But also sometimes we just realize, oh, I've kind of stepped off of a few things I was volunteering and now I don't really have a lot. I'm paying it forward to. So I think it's great to take notice of it can change over the years, but are you giving? Are you giving your time, talent, treasure, influence? Who can you give it to? And following, following that nudge. Maybe it's coaching somebody that can't afford it. You know, maybe it's helping somebody with a LinkedIn resume or profile and they can't really pay me. And so I think some of my best work of paying it forward, nobody will ever know about. They'll never, yeah. you know, they'll never know I did it, but I'll know I did it. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things I'm, I'm passionate about. I love it. I love it. I sincerely, sincerely, sincerely appreciate you taking the time. I know you've got a bazillion things going on in your life, uh, but I really appreciate you taking some time to hang with me. Wendy, you know, you're one of my favorite people in the universe and you are the real deal, which is, it's just one of my favorite, favorite things of all um, is people that are really real and they, they just speak real truth. And I think it makes a huge impact. So it's an honor. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. Mwah. Mwah. Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Wim Life Show today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a moment of the goodness.